listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we give you all the thanks and all the glory and all the honor for the sacrifice that you paid, but for so much more. That you walk with us, that you talk with us, that you're there with us, that you fight for us, that you're for us and not against us. That you stick closer than a brother, that you lay down your life for us, that you love us unconditionally. That you love to be with us and spend time with us. Jesus, we're so thankful. We're so thankful that we stand in awe that you are our God and that you are always good. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm standing off to the side here because they're going to bring in some chairs. So if you're like, what's happening? Uh, They're going to set up because we're going to do something a little bit different. But first, I want to talk about Thanksgiving for a moment. And I want to talk about being thankful and, and what Thanksgiving to God is and what happens when we're thankful and why we should be thankful. Thanks, you guys. Like, what is happening? (laughs) Let's start in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 14. It says, We earnestly urge you, believers, admonish those who are out of line, the undisciplined, the unruly, the disorderly. Encourage the timid who lack spiritual courage. Help the spiritually weak. Be very patient with everyone, always controlling your temper. See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek that which is good for one another and for all people. And in verse 16, it says, Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Thank God that we have a hope and that we have a Savior and we have something that we can hold on to. Then it says, Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. unceasing and persistent in prayer you know what is so important that we be praying and not complaining that whenever we find ourselves leaning towards complaining that we would check ourselves and recognize that we need to be praying because prayer is powerful, then it says, in every situation, no matter what the circumstance, be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So obviously I'm gonna pull out in this part, in every circumstance, be thankful in every circumstance think about circumstances that we've gone through in our own lives or are going through right now the Bible says in that place be thankful by living a life of thankfulness 
no matter what, you are showing that you don't depend on the circumstance. You don't depend on people. You don't depend on that as your source. That I can be thankful in every situation. You know, this morning I was reading the Word of God and and I was just talking to God and I started to write down just everything that I could think of in my heart that I was thankful for. Because the Bible says you, you enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And I just, I just began to just thank you, God. Thank you for in this place, how you did this. And thank you for my husband and thank you for my children and thank you for the church. And thank you for all of the adventures that you've taken me on when I didn't even know if I would make my way through it. What an adventure. And you were there and I just started to write it all. And he said that Megan, if you'll focus on my goodness, that's your safety. My goodness is your safety. Because I'm always good. And so when you are going through circumstances and you feel unsafe and you feel unsure, focus on my goodness. Because that's safety to you. So we can be thankful in the middle of circumstances because we recognize that we have a God who's always good. And I think that in the days that we're in, this is so important for us to not get focused on negativity, onto what it looks like, but focus on the goodness of God. Because when I am unthankful, what I do is I magnify the circumstance. I magnify what's going wrong. And then I begin to base the weight of my life on that. I, I, begin, to, I begin to position myself against everything that's going wrong. And I begin to direct my steps that way protecting myself, saving myself. But when I am thankful, I magnify who God is. I was talking to James about this just the other day and I was telling him, I've been thinking about this a lot lately in Joseph's life. You know, Joseph gets sold into slavery. They pretend he's dead. And he, he is a slave and he's working in a guy's house. He gets accused of rape. He gets thrown in jail. And then, you know, he, he, it's like he gets, it's like he's like almost there. And then it's like a bad break. And I'm like, okay, things are going good. Now things are not going good. And it's this constant thing that he keeps coming up against. But in Isaiah 50, or not Isaiah, excuse me, Genesis 50, 20, I think. It kind of comes full circle and his brothers who pretended he was dead and sold him into slavery are standing there in front of him and he says these words. You meant this for evil, but God meant this for good. There's a perspective shift in his own life of thankfulness that you might've meant this for bad, but see, the God that I serve is good. And the God that I serve sees me and knows me and calls be my name and has a plan for me, a good plan for me, one of, one of hope. 
So you might have meant this for evil. There might be evil going around me. But I serve a God that's good. And so there's this perspective shift. When we live in unthankfulness, when, when there's always negativity going and it's unthankful, it puts a veil over your eyes. And you can't see a right perspective. That there could be things that God has placed right before you, open doors even, but your unthankfulness won't be able to see it. And so this morning, I wanted us to have a different perspective. That, that, that we may be walking into even crazier days. We may. But the Bible says that no matter what, no matter what the circumstance, be thankful. That we would recognize that when there are days where I can't seem to, to see straight or, or maybe I've gotten into negativity. One of the most beautiful things about our speech is we can hear ourselves talking. And that we would, we would catch ourselves when we get into that place of, of unthankfulness or negativity and recognize, no, if I just focus on the goodness of God, if even all I have to hold on to is, He is good. He is good. He is good and what he works out in his plans, they are good and I will hold on to that. I'm thankful that God is good. Or maybe for some of us, it's phone a friend, a lifeline, right? Phone a friend. I'm like, I need you to tell me some of the things that God has done in your life that's good. I, I want to hear it. Tell me, tell me one time where he, he worked a miracle. Tell me something. I need to hear it. So I have something to hold on to, to see my way through. Because the Bible instructs us that in every circumstance, be thankful. That I would base the weight of my life on the goodness of God not on the circumstance in front of me. I'm going to read one more verse. Psalms 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. The humble and the downtrodden will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us lift up his name together. I sought the Lord on the authority of his word and he answered me and delivered me of all my fears. Are you afraid today? sought the Lord and he heard me. God, I'm afraid today. God, I'm struggling today. I need your help. 
says he will hear you and he will deliver you. And then the last, I love this verse, verse five, they looked to him and were radiant. They looked and they were radiant. seen a radiant person? You ever seen somebody where you can see on the inside of them that they're just pumped? It's like it, it comes out of them because those that look to him, they shine. Those that look to them, there can be stuff going on all around them, but you can see their hope is in God because they're looking to him. Would I behold what I look at? changes me if I behold the goodness of God if I behold the father if I behold who he is instead of beholding everything that's going on around me because if I am constantly looking to this this will become what I look like I will carry the weight of that but if I look to him radiant that says their faces will never blush in shame or confusion there may be a whole lot of nonsense stuff I can't make sense of going on in the world right now lots of confusion going on but when I look to him I recognize that he's got me in the palm of his hand he will not let me go he has a future and a hope for me and that whatever the enemy meant for evil God will turn for good so I'm gonna look to him I don't need to be confused he's on his throne and so this morning I wanted to do something a little bit different because I know that there's a lot going on in the world I know there's a lot going on in the world, a lot going on in our personal lives. And so I wanted, I wanted today to sit and talk about the goodness of God. And that we would walk out from here recognizing that He has the final word. And that what He speaks and what He does is good. And that's the God that we worship and that we can be thankful in every circumstance because of who he is. So I'm going to ask Cliff and Colleen to come up, come, come sit with me. I'm going to grab my water. So Cliff and Colleen as some of you know, um, and some of you don't know, or maybe you all know, but you don't know the story. Uh, December 21st, I remember the day because it was Joan's birthday and we were out for supper. <laughs> and my own father was getting ready to go home and be with Jesus. So we had um, gone for supper for Joan's birthday and then we were all headed back to the um, home to be with my dad. And I get a phone call. Cliff has had a heart attack and 
there was really no, like, that was it. Cliff has had a heart attack. We don't know where Cliff is going. He's at the hospital, but there's kind of this middle ground. And then we hear that he'd been flown to Saskatoon from the STARS helicopter. And we began to pray. And we prayed and we prayed. We prayed as a church. Um, the leadership group, we have a group where we put prayer requests on on a regular basis, whatever we hear, and we just begin to pray for the church, for you, for you know many others that have had issues in the last little while, we pray. And so we began to pray and we waited. We waited to hear, but the report didn't look too good at the beginning. No, but we held on. So. This is an incredible story. It's an incredible story. And so I wanted to bring them up to talk about it. Oh yeah, we need microphones. Adam, can you grab that one too, please? I guess you need to hear them tell the story. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks Adam. So I'll start with Cliff. You came home and you were talking with Colleen and what, what began to happen? Well, that was the time when uh, uh, the Christmas star was supposed to show up. Uh, a couple of planets were supposed to align and it's supposed to be really bright. We wanted to go and see it. It's cloudy, couldn't go. And uh, so we were trying to figure out where we could go, maybe we could see it better. And uh, my elbow started to hurt, and uh, oh. I walked back into the bedroom and just tried to work it out and find out like what's causing the problem. And for some reason, I have no idea why, but Colleen followed me into the room, and uh, she was talking to me, and I really couldn't understand all what she was saying. But she came back and she gave me an aspirin and said, "Here, you got to chew this." Don't swallow it, but you got to chew it. And you didn't even know what was going on at that moment. You just instinctively went and did it, right? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I hate chewing aspirin. <laughs> it tastes chalky. It just doesn't taste good. I didn't have the strength to argue with her, so I just did it. And uh, that was the last I remember for quite a while. And, uh, uh, apparently, I had collapsed on the bed at that point and that's when Colleen took over. So what did you do, Colleen? What, what was going through your head? Well, actually, it started even earlier because um, God is good. <laughs> he leads you and guides yeah. you because the aspirin thing, earlier on, um, for about two weeks before, every time I watched a show on TV, the commercial that would come on was here chew an aspirin in case of a heart attack I'm going okay like I didn't think anything of it at the time just this is sort of weird that this commercial is always on so when this was actually happening um, all that he said was my elbow really hurts and he was just rubbing it I'm going okay I remember this commercial here have a couple aspirins only had real aspirins so that's what I gave him I said chew them. He did. 
<laughs> That's the first. <laughs> but in all that, um, he ended up, um, the, I don't know if the aspirin actually helped or not. I think that God put them in place so that they were in his system um, for whatever was to come next. Uh, he ended up um, just falling back on the bed. His eyes rolled back in his head and he quit breathing. Um, at that moment, I phoned 911 and what came out of my mouth was Jesus. He's having, a, my husband's having a heart attack. So that's what the 911 operators heard. <laughs> so they were very good. Everybody actually through the whole thing has been very good. Um, they took us step by step through things without giving us the negative, yeah. but telling us what was going on. Um, so he was, the ambulance guys were immediate, like they, it took them four minutes. I, was, I had started CPR on him. Um, that in itself was another thing with, because um, I had taken CPR, I knew what to do. That was because of work. Mm -hmm. God orchestrated everything. Um, when the ambulance guys got there, they took over and they were trying to put oxygen into him, trying to keep him going. And they they weren't able. He had his teeth clenched and they were just not able to get anything into his lungs. So about 35 minutes after, well, that's how long it took us to get to the hospital. They tried and tried and tried to get oxygen into him and him going. Finally, they said, we have to go. But they kept working on him, which apparently is unusual. Really? But God had a, God had a plan. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just it. All through everything, everybody that surrounded us, um, they kept working on him. They never stopped. Um, even that, at the instant when it happened uh, and the ambulance got there, we had church family that were driving by for one reason or another. God led them to come and start praying immediately. It wasn't a wait, it wasn't a long time. We didn't have to do it on our own. God led them. Um, the instant that it happened, I was enveloped in a bubble. Um, there was peace, a trust, even though I couldn't say anything much other than listen to what other others were saying. 
And you couldn't get in the room or anything, right? Like, no, you, I was. You were in the room. I was. I was with Cliff all the way. Okay. No, um, put you out of the room. Well, they worked on me. Just, they did ask me to leave so that I could go and uh, register him at the hospital. Mm -hmm. Okay. But then I was allowed back in. But in, um, with everybody around us and all the prayers, um, church family is just the most important thing after Jesus. Because that's all that I could think of was Jesus. That's what my focus was on. Like, as far as they were going, he was unresponsive and had no oxygen for 35 minutes. In all things, it sounds to the specialists, to the cardiologist, that he was not with us anymore. But God said, no, he is. <laughs> I have the final say. <laughs> and he did. He's right here today because God said, Um, so they they flew him to Saskatoon. They flew him to Saskatoon. They put in um, two stints. On the way to Saskatoon, they they told me to stay at home until they phoned me and said it was okay to come. I don't. They didn't say what they expected, but um, they said that they had a couple hiccups along the way. Those hiccups are, um, they had to, um, what's it called? <laughs> I don't know. They had to start his heart. Anyways, um, they put in the two stints. They told me that they were going to induce a coma and keep him in a coma. They had cooled his body because that was, would have the best results. So they did that. And then two days later, um, they told me that they were gonna bring him out of it and they would see what, what was going to happen. But they wanted me there so that when he came off the ventilator, the life support, that he would hear my voice and he'd stay with us. So these are like, this is three days? Yeah. Three days of nothing, really. Not really knowing where Cliff is at, except for that they were working on him, but he was in a coma, not knowing if he comes out of this, if he comes out of it, right? Mm -hmm. If he's okay. Um, and so what are you doing? What, what were you doing in those three days? <laughs> well, to begin with, on the trip to Saskatoon, all that could come out of my mouth was the name of Jesus. I kept every breath I took, um, I'd breathe in Jesus. Um, that's, and I've tried that since, and you, you really can't do that. <laughs> like, I like that, I'm gonna continue. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> you hyperventilate. <laughs> but that's what I did the whole trip down. I'd breathe in Jesus. And I looked to him. And everywhere along the road, there was 
there's a sign in Saskatoon that was there. Um, an hour's trip to Saskatoon. And I had my family with me, so that was that was a good thing. Um, the kids were with us, and they they lifted us and supported us. And um, but there was a sign on the side of the Warman Road. All that it said was one word, and it was hope. <laughs> wow. I went, that's God. <laughs> I looked for the sign afterwards, and it's not there anymore. <laughs> I like that. Uh, in the hospital, everybody, all of the doctors, all the specialists, they gave me hope. They told me the results, but they didn't say anything in the negative. Um, the nurses, we even had um, the, the, there's a lady at the University Hospital who lets people come in. She takes, um, she takes your name, she does all that COVID stuff. But she was there every day. And the very first day she gave me a scripture. No way. And it was Philippians 1.6, where Paul talks about being confident <laughs> that the good work that he started would be completed. Wow. And she, the doctors, everybody talked about Cliff being a Christmas miracle. When they knew that there was some strong negatives on the other side, they never, yeah. wow. So Cliff, what were you doing? <laughs> well, I missed all that part. <laughs> um, I went and talked to the paramedics after we got back and uh, apparently while they were working on me they they had to use a defibrillator I don't know like four or five times in the bedroom before I even got to the ambulance and then about as many times again going to the hospital and then whatever happened in the uh, in stars and uh, the first thing I remember I'm assuming that it was the flight. Uh, it was totally black, but I could see one light. Hmm. And I thought, cool, God's let me see the Christmas star. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was the last thing I remember about that. And then, uh, well, I was in the coma. Uh, things were not as you would expect. Um, they say that when you're in a coma, you don't know anything, you don't remember anything, you're just out. Uh, I remember everything totally, but it wasn't to stay in the hospital. Uh, I found myself um, in a valley, uh, and it was kind of like in a mountainous region. It was actually quite, quite beautiful out there, and uh, I just remember standing in the valley looking, and I saw something coming through the the other side of the valley, coming towards me, and it was nothing good. 
Um, this thing was huge. Uh, it moved in kind of a rolling, uh, a twisting motion. Uh, and every once in a while, you would see a face inside this, and, and it would be like a, a really demonic look. And then it would go away as it moved, and then another one would come up. And at that point, I was just sheer terror. And uh, tried to run away from this thing. But I'm in a valley, and I really haven't got a lot of places to go. But I would somehow wake up, and then I'd be out again. Whenever I woke up, this thing was gone, of course. But as soon as I went back into the coma, or if I came out of it, I don't know. But whenever I went back under, the thing was there, and it was actually closer than it was before. Oh, my goodness. And as it kept rolling towards me, every once in a while you could see human bone uh, of its previous victims. And this went on for a couple of days. And uh, after you've been scared for that long, and after you've been running for that long, you get to a point where you're just not going to run anymore. And at that point, I stood my ground as this thing was coming. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw what looked like a very, very large lion. And it was coming towards me. I wasn't scared of the lion at all. Uh, I remember I looked at this thing that was coming towards me and I said, now you did it. I said, you woke up the lion of Judah. At that point, it got behind me and the, the lion got behind me. And this thing just stopped in its tracks. And then it started to back up. Uh, I wish I would have had a look to see what he looked like. <laughs> but when the lion showed up, there was no fear. Uh, there was just peace. And uh, after that, I came out of the coma. And... Uh, like right after? I think. Yeah. <laughs> And when I woke up, uh, I was in CCU at the University in Saskatoon. And I remember Colleen was sitting beside the bed. And she's talking a lot. And you told me to. <laughs> and, and I'm looking at her going like, don't you ever shut up? <laughs> And she kept talking, and uh, I remember I told her, I see you. <laughs> and uh, But it wasn't just that I see her now. It was like I could see into her. I could see 
her soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, while she continued to talk, it sounded not only did I hear her voice, but it sounded like I was in a room with a whole bunch of people. Like if you were all talking right now, that's what it would have sounded like. And where you can hear people's voices, but you can't really hear the conversation. Uh, but if you concentrate, you can pick out certain voices in the crowd. And I remember I was listening to that and I went, hey, I can hear Wayne. Uh, Wayne's uh, elder here in the church and my best friend. And I could hear him and he was praying. And I told Colleen that. I says, hush, I says, Wayne's praying. <laughs> and uh, then I told her what Wayne was praying. And then after that, I heard Joan. And I said, now this is what Joan is praying. <laughs> and she was texting all this stuff back to Wayne. And they were praying for you. And they were praying. <laughs> and then I remember I heard you. And I told Colleen, I says, but she's not praying. She's crying. Excuse me. (laughs) But to know that there are people out there that care that much and a pastor that loves that heart that she would shed tears over it. That's very touching. And I thank you for that. And uh, I remember as the days went on while I was in there, the doctors had come up and they said that they were going to test me uh, because I was having trouble eating. My motor functions were not working at all. And I couldn't scoop my food up, so I was just kind of stabbing at it. And uh, I figured if I stab it, it can't fall off the fork. (laughs) And uh, I looked up and I seen my doctor on the other side of the glass. The the room I was in, the whole one wall is total glass. And I can see the nursing station and I can see my doctor there. And he's talking to the nurse. And and he punches him in the arm. He goes, look. I thought he was kind of making fun of me, but as it turned out what he was doing, he was excited the fact that I could actually do that. Uh, Because without oxygen for as long as I had, um, they were concerned about brain damage. Uh, When he came in and talked to me, he said, there will be some, but we just don't know how much. And uh, I don't like the sound of that at all. (laughs) And, as the days went on, uh, the motor functions came back, and uh, uh, it seemed like whenever God showed up in the room and some miracle happened or whatever, I had a nurse that was in the room at all times, or, or that would be in there, and uh, it, it was a male nurse, and he's not saved at all. 
but he was there whenever God showed up. Mm. And uh, he was in there when I told Colleen that people were praying. Mm. And he was kind of surprised by that. And then later on when I told him that, or I was talking to Colleen, and I said, you know, I was cold before. And uh, she says, well, you know you were cold. And I said, yeah, I was cold, but it's okay because I'm warm now. And uh, that's what I found out later that they actually cool you down to, it slows your body functions down, I guess, brain and stuff. But whatever happened in there, the guy was always in there. And uh, it was amazing just to watch his reaction whenever God showed up and did something. Wow. Uh, he wasn't saved by the time I left, but uh, I'm very confident that that there's some good seeds in there. And it's there uh, on purpose. Uh, it's not something that he's going to be able to easily forget. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thank God for that. And uh, then they moved me up into another room, uh, moved me upstairs, and uh, uh, <laughs> it was a big room. It was kind of a, I know there was like six beds in there or something. There were only two other people up there. But boy, could they talk, like forever. And it'd be like late at night and they were still talking. And uh, they weren't very, uh, they weren't very kind to the staff. They, They were saying, you know, like, the nursing staff wasn't doing what they should be doing or whatever. They complain about everything. And I thought the staff was doing excellent. And I told them that. And uh, so whenever I was talking to these people, I kept praising the staff. I was there for, what, two days in there? And uh, by the time I left, those other two were praising the staff. <laughs> <laughs> what we say matters. <laughs> so, so coming out of all of that, uh, I realized just how much God loves you. Mm, yeah. uh, he watches you. Even when you think he's not looking, he's watching. <laughs> and... Uh, when all that stuff was going on in the valley, it never dawned on me to call out for him. Uh, there was just too much fear involved. But he was there. Yeah. So now I've got a confidence that he will always be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not completely confident that I will go the rest of my life without trouble. Yeah. But I know that he will be there. Yeah. Yeah. And that gives you a certain amount of peace and joy. Mm-hmm. A lot, actually. And so that's how I spent Christmas. <laughs> We're looking at a Christmas miracle. <laughs> it's the best Christmas ever. <laughs> so, just to be clear, was there any brain damage? Depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> uh, no. No. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, 
I came out of there, there was no side effects of anything. Come on. They didn't even test them, so no, it's good. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? And, uh, yeah, praise God. Praise <laughs> God. Um, I heard later that the heart attack that I had is quite often referred to as the Widowmaker. Uh, very few people survive it. And those that do are usually severely brain damaged. Jesus. <laughs> but with the grace of God, mm -hmm. I came out of there with no side effects whatsoever. Amen. Except I get a little weepy once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad side effect. <laughs> so, today, in the, in the world that we live in today, I was remembering that last Thanksgiving we were completely locked down and but it seems to it, it seems to like we're still going we're still in the middle of it Colleen what would you encourage us with all that I know is that in the circumstances that we face today when we focus on God, those circumstances fall away. Yeah. When we focus on Him, when we breathe them in, breathe them out, the circumstances fall away. Trust Him. He will bring you through whatever you're facing. Mm -hmm. And know that the church family, the local church that you attend, yeah. they are the best family of prayers. They have like faith. They're they're an extension of your own home. Mm -hmm. So just draw yourself as close as you can to them. Lean on them. God is good. Mm -hmm. All the time. Yeah, all the time. Cliff? Well, for a word of encouragement, I would say that uh, just settle it in your spirit. And in your soul that God is with you. Uh, you may be going through things that you don't understand and a lot of things that you don't have any control over. Mm. But you're not going through it alone. Yeah. Uh, you know, God is with you. And if you belong to a church, uh, move in closer to the church family. Uh, they're incredibly important. And just know that you're not alone. God's still on the throne. And he will look after you. Amen. Oh, and if I could add, uh, after I'd been home for a while, after the heart attack, uh, you, your mind starts to wander a little bit. I had a lot of time to do nothing. <laughs> and uh, you start to wonder, did that actually happen? Yeah. Or was it the medication and the coma and all these other contributing factors? Did my mind just make that up? I remember thinking that and I asked God if it happened or not. And I didn't get an answer. But that night hmm. when I went to bed, and normally I don't dream, but that night when I went to bed, I ended up in the same valley. 
I was only there for a short time. Uh, there, there was where this thing was at one time. It now looked like a battlefield. Everything was all tore up, ripped up, gone. Uh, something happened after I left. Uh, God took care of business. And uh, right after I seen that, I was back in my own bed and woke up. So yes, it really did happen. Wow. <laughs> that is so awesome. <laughs> I know that I went over. I had no idea. I mean, I knew that it was a miracle and I knew that it had happened and, and Cliff and Colleen called and they're like, you got to come over. We got to tell you, we, we got to tell you everything that happened. And so Cliff, I sit on their couch and Cliff begins to talk about the line of Judah and like, <laughs> come on. Those are things completely out of, a heart attack is completely out of your control. And sometimes we try to hold on to things and control things and sometimes the best thing that we can do is let go of it and give it to God Amen. not sometimes all the time yeah. is to stop trying to control what's going on around us our circumstance or whatever and release it and give it to God because he fights for us he's for us not against us so Amen. yeah so I wanted to share this as a perspective to give glory to God on this Thanksgiving but to encourage us all that going into two things, going into Thanksgiving, if you're celebrating with your family or not, just take time to begin to discuss the goodness of God. Put it before us of even memories, even if we've all heard it before, memories of the times that God stepped in and change our perspective so that we can see clear again. And the other thing is, is going into the fast, which starts on Tuesday, go into it with a thankful heart with our eyes turned towards him that I don't know what the future looks like but I know you're good and I know that good comes from you and your goodness is my safety and I can lean on that normally on Thanksgiving we usually do communion and we're going to do something a little bit different we have at the back when you go to leave we have communion cups and wafers little packages for you to take home and it doesn't matter when you do it maybe you want to do it when all your family's over for Thanksgiving or maybe you want to do it the night before you go to bed with your family just your your own family or, or by yourself or whatever you want to take a moment with yourself with your family and celebrate Jesus, celebrate him, celebrate what he's done with the price that he's paid for us and put him in remembrance. Or maybe you wanna do it the day you begin your fast, whatever it is, just take time and just put him in the middle and just say, thank you. Thank you. We as a family or maybe with your friends or whatever, we just, we're looking to you in this moment and remembering everything that you did. And so I'm going to have Cliff and Colleen pray for us as we go, but I'm excited for what God's doing in us. I believe that there's some incredible, personal, 
breakthroughs that are going to happen in your homes, in your families, um, children coming home, lots of amazing things. But I also believe that corporately, there is a massive shift that's taking place in a move of his spirit like we've never seen before. As we focus on him and make him the main thing and move some things out of the way for him to move, I think big things are happening. And so I bless you this Thanksgiving, but as we move into the fast, I'm excited for the days that are to come. Why don't you guys pray for us as we, as we go? Go ahead, Cliff. Father, we just love you so much. We praise you. We honor you. We give you glory for everything that you've done. Amen. And Father, I want to pray for everyone that hears my voice, that that you watch over them, that you guide them. You guide their steps, you guide their conversations. And Father, be with them in a way that they can touch and feel. Amen. And Father, we just give you all the praise and glory and honor for everything that you've done in each and every individual life here today. And Lord, we know that you're not done with us. The, The work that you've started, you will see through to completion, Lord. And Father, we've got a great confidence in you. And we're so grateful that you loved us first, that we can love you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for being with each and every person here today and online. I thank you, Father, that you envelope them with peace and thanksgiving this weekend and for the days to come. I thank you, Lord God, that every situation that they go through, they go through with you because you have orchestrated their steps. Amen. You have purpose. You have life. And I thank you for that as we look towards you, as they look towards you and go forth. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for your goodness and grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I have one more thing I I wanted to tell you, and I think it's really exciting. Uh, Cliff and Colleen have um, recently, actually last Sunday, so they've been our seniors pastors here at um, Embassy Church, but last Sunday, um, John and Hanelar Freiters, many of you know them, were pastoring... um, the seniors church, the uh, heart of the seniors gathering in the green building when you come here. Last Sunday, they transitioned their church over to Cliff and Colleen. (laughs) And so, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, on two o'clock on Sundays at the green building now, there is seniors church happening so and which is another amazing god is incredible just just amazing i mean god just works things out for good and it's incredible so if you know of any seniors around here or anywhere that are looking for a place to connect to to feel loved two o'clock 
at the green building. <laughs> you can't miss the green building. We all know the green building. When you drive here, two o'clock on Sundays, they are beginning some things and there's more things that are coming forward, more vision, but it's just exciting what God is doing. He's moving. God is moving. Don't get so focused sometimes on what's just going on around us, the circumstances that we miss, that God is moving. He's moving. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca. Thank you.